to where we're at. In the first six verses, what has happened is God called Jonah and told him to go to Nineveh and call out against it. They're very uh, bad sinners in Nineveh, and we've talked about that. But Jonah didn't want to go. He really doesn't like Nineveh and, and the people there. So instead of going east to Nineveh, he goes west, and he jumps on a boat headed for Tarshish because he's trying to flee the presence of the Lord. Well, they're out on sea, and there's this great storm that arises, and the sailors are throwing things overboard to try to keep the boat afloat, and, and they're calling out to their gods, their polytheistic and, and individual gods, and, and Jonah, meanwhile, goes down to sleep. In, in the boat, and the captain goes down there and says, Jonah, wake up and, and call out to your God. Uh, we see right at the end of verse 6, the captain telling him, perhaps your God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And so that's where we'll pick up the story. The storm is raging, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And so we'll continue on Jonah chapter 1, beginning at verse 7. And they said to one another, that's the sailors, they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. They said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not on us innocent blood, for you, Lord, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. The word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who reveals your truth in your word. And Lord, we ask that your truth will grow in our hearts, that we may know you better. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we all uh, know uh, when things go wrong, whether it's at work or school or around a team or, or sometimes at home, uh, there's always this uh, attitude of, of someone's got to be blamed. You know, who, who can we blame for this? Especially at work, this happens a lot. Who's to blame? Well, let's figure this out. And, and it can go a couple of different ways. Sometimes 
it's this idea of, well, I got to blame somebody just so I can get angry with them and say things about them. Or maybe it's so that I'm off the hook. You know, if I can get that guy, he's, he's the one to blame, then, then I'm off the hook. Uh, but sometimes uh, it's, there's a pure motive behind finding the blame because you want to fix the problem. All right, where is the fall down here? Who, who's kind of messing this up? Because if we can correct it, then we'll fix the problem. And from the outside, it, it kind of looks the same. You know, if you're standing back and watching someone as they're trying to figure out who's to blame, it, it sometimes looks the same, but the purpose behind it makes all the difference. Are you trying to find that person just so you can yell at them and blow off steam? Or are you really trying to fix a problem that you've got? And when we see the sailors here, they really have good intentions. I mean, here are our pagan sailors out on the sea, and things are going bad, and we can see that they really have the best of intentions. They want to find the person responsible for this storm so that they can end it somehow. And so they've been doing what they can, throwing things overboard and calling out to their gods, and now they realize... There's somebody here that's causing this, and they cast lots, we see in verse 7. They, they say, come, let's cast these lots, and that's an ancient Near Eastern thing that they used to do in a lot of different cultures. And, and in the Old Testament, we find that God would sometimes even speak through these, uh, these lots. It's a very general term. We're not sure exactly what they were doing here, but they want to know on whose account... Uh, my translation says, this evil has come upon us. Other translations use the word calamity. Why is this calamity coming on us? And, and the wording in the Hebrew is, is kind of neat um, because it's, it's our calamity or this calamity that belongs to us. There's a sense of possession there. In other words, what they're asking is not, why is the storm happening? But for whom is this storm happening? This storm, this God is after somebody here, and we want to know who this person is, who is being chased by God, if you will, or by one of the gods. But as Jonah will point out, it is Jonah, and it is the God who is causing, and it falls on Jonah. So they turn to Jonah, and th their question is this. All right, uh, tell us, whose account has this evil come on? They don't say, ah, oh, you're the guy, let's get him. Uh, they say, okay, the lot fell on you, Jonah. Your God is telling you, which one of us is it? They're looking to him for an answer. And then they ask these, these rapid-fire questions. What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? And, and of what people are you? Just bam, 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 and... You think, well, those are weird questions. Here's this storm raging, and, and the lot falls to Jonah, and they're, they're making conversation. You know, Hey, Jonah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from? Uh, and that's, of course, not at all what's happening here. Uh, in, the, in this polytheistic uh, mindset that the sailors have, uh, what they're trying to do is figure out something about Jonah's God. The questions come quickly, and that reveals the urgency. Uh, Jonah, things are really happening quickly here, but 
but in, in for them, there were gods attached to everything in the polytheistic world. Gods attached to occupations. Gods attached to locations. Uh, sometimes in the, in the Old Testament we'll read where uh, a pagan nation will go out to war and they get defeated and they say, here's our problem. We have a god of the mountains, but we were fighting in the plains, you know, so let's fight them in the mountains and then our god can overpower their god of the plains. They, they had all these ideas of, of gods of the sun and gods of water and gods of fertility and gods of trees. And so when they're asking these questions, what they're trying to figure out is, Jonah, what is it with your God? Who is he? What's going on? Because you're the one who apparently knows, and so you got to tell us. Help us out here, Jonah, because it's getting really bad. And Jonah gives them the answer. He said, well, I'm a Hebrew. You want to know where I'm from, who my people are? I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Now, Jonah says the right things, but his words betray him a little bit. In fact, the sailors are even going to call him out on some of this. He says the right thing. Yeah, I, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God who made the sea and the, and the dry land, and, and what that does is it really actually heightens the absurdity of what he's trying to do, that he's trying to get away from this God, the God of heaven who sees all things, and he made all things, and he's everywhere, and, and so his words betray him a little bit, and also he mentions that I, I fear the Lord, the, the God of heavens. Now, in the Hebrew, when you see this, there's a little bit of pride in the way he says it. A little bit of pride about his, uh, what you'd call, theological orthodoxy, or to put it in other words, his knowledge. He's kind of proud of who he is and what he knows. And he says, I fear the, the God, basically, the Lord. I, I fear the God of, of all gods. But again, his words betray him because they don't really reflect Oh, he's been acting. Jonah, if you really fear your God, wouldn't you be in Nineveh right now, calling out against them? If you really fear God, wouldn't you have been calling out to him while we're all calling out to our gods and trying to save this ship? Wouldn't you be doing something different, Jonah? Your, your words aren't really matching your actions here. If you fear God, well, fear God. If you believe in this God, believe in him. And let us see that. Show us something here. And something happens as this passage goes along. There's a mindset change for Jonah. Have you ever noticed a sports fan, like a real sports fan, that really likes a team, or maybe several teams, but think of one specific team. And when, uh, when he talks about that team, he doesn't say, or she doesn't say, well, you know what they need to do. They need to get a quarterback, and, and they need to improve the offensive line, or, or they need to get a pitcher or whatever. It's we. Here's what we need to do. Our offensive line is horrible. We need to, you know, do this or that. We need to get a receiver. And we need, it's we. Those are the guys in uniform, but I'm invested in this too. It, it's, it's a we. We're in this together. You, you notice that with sports fans especially. Well, that change starts to happen a little bit right away in verse 10 
when it says the men were exceedingly afraid. Now, for the rest of the chapter, these sailors, they're called men. They've been called sailors before, and, and when it would say they, it always referred back to the sailors, but now they're not sailors necessarily, they're men. And this is intentional. Uh, the NET uh, Bible notes, they, they use the word flatten. It, it's meant to flatten the disparity between them and Jonah. Because Jonah's mindset through this has been me and my people as, well, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. Those other people. And all these guys are working together. Well, I'm not going to do what they do. You know, it, it, it's that mindset, and sometimes we'll say this, well, you know how they are. You know, you see your neighbors, and maybe the lawn is a mess. Well, that's, you know how they are. That type of person. You know what that's like. And that's been Jonah's mindset this whole time. It's me and then, well, you know how they are. And this mindset has made him disobedient. It's really made him heartless and, and uh, graceless. And when you see he's really not even being honest with himself. Oh, I fear the Lord. Do you, Jonah? You can't even be honest with yourself right now. He's just plain wrong with this mindset of, well, you know how they are. Now these aren't sailors anymore. These are men. And, and they're afraid. And this lot falls on Jonah, and Jonah apparently in, in sometime in the meantime here told them what he was trying to do. I'm trying to flee from the Lord. It doesn't really tell us how Jonah told him, simply that he had. And the sailors, uh, they respond in verse 10, well, what is this you have done? And that's their reaction there. You what? You have the God of everything, land and sea, and you're trying to flee from him? The question they ask isn't one to get information from Jonah. It's just astonishment at what he's doing. You're doing what, Jonah? Trying to flee from the God who sees all things? You know, it's kind of that thing sometimes when you go to the store and you come home and then your spouse will say, you bought that? <laughs> you know, what? Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I, I can see it's not now. And that's kind of where Jonah's at. You did what, Jonah? And even he has to realize, yeah, it seemed like a good idea, but uh, it's, it's barely not. Even the pagans can see the futility of his plan, trying to run from the God who sees all things. And, and they said to him, well, what do we do in verse 11? We've got to do something with you now, because the sea is getting worse. The storm is raging harder than ever, and there's the, the crescendo continues with this storm. And so Jonah says, well, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. And then the sea will quiet. It's because of him. This whole thing is because of him. And we don't quite know what Jonah's doing. Is, is he repenting here? Is he just giving up? You know what? I messed the whole thing up. Throw me in. I'll die. It's over. Or maybe, uh, at, at its worst, maybe he's still rebelling. 
you know what? I'm still not going to call out to God. I'm still not going to go to Nineveh. I'd rather die in the sea. Throw me overboard. Uh, we don't really know his mindset right now, but, but we do know this. He is recognizing his guilt. He sees that now. And in the wording that he uses, some Hebrew scholars uh, point out that that the wording he uses, it's almost in a judicial sense. This is because of me, and you will be innocent if you just hurl me into the sea. The guilt is mine, and you're innocent, so I'm telling you, throw me in, and you've got nothing to worry about. There is a sense of that, but also notice something else that's going on with Jonah. And he says, the sea will quiet down for you. It's because of me that this great tempest has come to you. He's still not calling out to God. Not yet, anyhow. He'll do that in the next chapter. But notice the very subtle change again in his attitude. He's, he's not thinking about them. He hadn't been giving them a thought at all earlier when things were going bad and they're trying to figure out what to do and he's sleeping it out. He has been prideful in his identity. He's been prideful in his nationality. He's been prideful in his knowledge. But now we actually see him caring a little bit. You know what, guys? Just do this and, and you'll be okay. We can see Jonah's mind starting to change a little bit, his attitude. But for the sailors, when we look at this story, they find themselves in a really hard situation. When you think about what they have to think through here, okay, they know this, Jonah is the reason for the storm, we can see that now, and Jonah's God is the one who can stop the storm. So if it's Jonah's God who can stop the storm, is it really a good idea to throw him in the water? You know, it's like you get lost on a hike and, and you want to lighten the load and so, well, I don't want to carry my cell phone, so you throw it over the cliff. You know, well, how are you going to call for help? And that's kind of where they're at. Well, we throw Jonah overboard. Who's going to call for help? He's the one that knows this God. Uh, or worse yet, what if we throw him in and that really gets his God angry? Then we've really got problems. Somehow they think Jonah is still the key to getting out of this mess, getting out of this storm. And so in verse 13, we see what they do instead of throwing him over is, is they row. All right, guys, let's all work together really hard, and we're going to row this boat out of here. We'll, we'll do this somehow. And, and that word that gets translated row also means dig. And you can kind of see that with the oars digging in the water as, as they row. But also, there's this double meaning. Because as we see, the, the storm grows more and more tempestuous again. And that's the, the second time that phrase gets used. The storm rages even more, and it's as though they're digging themselves deeper in a hole. They just keep digging. And things are not getting better. In fact, they're getting worse. And so, finally, they call out to the Lord. Oh, Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And, and lay not on us innocent blood. 
uh, oh Lord, you, you've done as you pleased. And, and notice the word they're using is, is the name that Jonah had given God back in, in verse 9. So they, they're using that name. Jonah is the one who said he feared the Lord. These guys really do fear the Lord. And so they call out, let, let us not uh, be blamed for this, is, is basically what they're saying. This innocent blood, you have done as you please. And, and their issue is not whether God is right or, or powerful enough to do what he wants, but the question is, are we going to be responsible for this? Are we going to be punished either way? Lord, you, you put the lot on him. That's, that's why we're doing this. So let us, if he's innocent, don't hold that against us because we're just doing what we think you want us to do. And they, they throw him in the sea. And verse 15, they pick him up and hurl him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. And I almost get this image of, of a wave pool. If you've ever been in a wave pool, and I, I've had the opportunity to be in a couple of awesome wave pools where they were big pools and the waves were huge and, and uh, you know, they come and, and a lot of people there and, and I never use a tube because I like to just grab hold of other people's tubes if I have to, but I like to just ride out all these waves and the waves are huge and people are banging around and it's awesome and a lot of fun and then you'll hear the noise that the machine that's making the waves has stopped and, and then there's just a couple of small waves and it's over. And then you just float. And that's kind of the image I get here. There's this raging storm, and then they throw Jonah overboard, and a couple of waves, and it's over. That quickly. God's anger, gone. It's over. And before we let these sailors sail on to Tarshish, they're going to kind of keep sailing away, and, and as the story goes, we're going to stay with Jonah. But before we let these sailors sail away, let's, let's remind ourselves of some of the lessons that they've learned. Now, the first area of speculation, if you will, is this uh, question, well, are they really saved or not? You know, they, they call out to the Lord, and, and at the end, after they throw him in, they, they fear the Lord exceedingly, they plow vows and make sacrifices, are, are they really saved? And some say, yes, they are, and others say, oh, maybe not. We don't really hear about them again. Now, if you want my two cents worth, I'll just tell you what I think, that they're probably like any group of people that we encounter. Yeah, there are probably some who are really saved. And they say, yeah, you know, that God is, is the God, just like Jonah said. That's the true God. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to figure out everything I can about him, and they're saved. Some uh, are probably those who right away are all excited about it, but the further away from the event they get and the more the world kind of creeps in, they uh, kind of forget about that God a little bit and fall away. Others probably just thought, you know what, here's another great God that I can worship. I'll just add him to my to the polytheism, the other gods that I worship. This is a great one to have in my holster because look what he did. And when I get in a big storm like this, I'll just pull this god back out because, wow, he really calmed this storm. So there are probably some that are saved and, and some that aren't. But at the very least, at the very least, they've seen God work in a way 
that they had never seen God work before. You know, you can walk out and see all of creation and know God is at work, but they've seen something special here, and, and they've learned some things. One of the things they've learned is that there is one God. Only one God. In verse 5, they were calling out to their pantheon of gods, and those gods were powerless. Couldn't do a thing to stop this storm. There's one sovereign God of heaven who made the earth, who made the sea, and he controls all of it. And he is a God to be obeyed. They saw what happened when Jonah didn't obey. He's a God to be revered and feared, and he is a God of judgment. And he is a God of wrath against sin, anger, extreme wrath. This storm was no small storm. Angry, wrathful at sin. They've seen that. They've experienced that. Another thing they've learned is their collective effort to save themselves was doomed to fail. It was never going to work. When we saw what they were trying to do, and, and Jonah said, throw me overboard. And they said, boy, we don't want to do that, Jonah. We're going to roll, and we're all going to work really hard and all work together on this. The storm just got worse. You know, and the temptation for Christians as well as non-Christians is to come up with affiliations and organizations and parties, and everything else in an attempt to save ourselves, and maybe sometimes save someone else along the way, but mostly save ourselves, uh, and without God, it's never going to work. You know, as noble as these efforts sometimes seem on the surface, and when you look at the sailors, it was really a noble effort. They were trying to save Jonah in addition to themselves. It was really Noble, but doing anything outside the will of God or in opposition to his command is ultimately going to fail. Salvation is from the Lord alone. And no matter how many people we get to agree with us, if I could somehow get everyone on board, everyone in the world, I know it's impossible, but somehow get everyone on board in, in the whole world to agree on how we're going to save ourselves, we would find we are in no position to tell God what's right or wrong, and we would be no match for God's power and his righteous judgment. Collectively, we can't save ourselves. It is only God who saves and the sailors saw that. And they also got to see something really neat. They had the opportunity to see Jonah, who is what we call a type of Christ. Not that Jonah was Christ, but in the Old Testament, there's lots of these guys we call types of Christ. And what we mean by that is they give us a little glimpse of something that Jesus is going to do in a greater sense. And, and they get to see a little bit of this uh, in Jonah. You know, we get reminded of Jesus in this passage 
when they call out and mention this innocent blood. Because that does remind us of Jesus, the only innocent blood that there was, the truly innocent blood. And Jesus himself compared himself to Jonah. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Jesus said, as Jonah's going to be in the belly, or was in the belly for three days and three nights, I'll be in the earth. Three days and three nights. He mentioned that in Matthew and Mark and, and Luke. But Jesus is better. Better than these types of Christ. In the obvious way is Jonah is a man of God. Jesus is God. Jesus is the real deal. Um, Jonah almost died. God saved him, but he almost died as opposed to Jesus, who really died. You know, Jonah, by being thrown out of the boat, there was a boatload of men saved. Jesus, when he dies, saves his people around the world. Jonah's spit out by the fish. At the end of his three days, Jesus comes back from the dead, victorious over sin, victorious over death. Jesus does so much more. And the sailors got to see a little glimpse of this type of, of Christ. And what they saw in this storm was an expression of the anger of God. And that's what it was. And they uh, sacrificed, if I can use that word, they sacrificed Jonah uh, and, and, the sea, and the sea ceased from, from its raging almost right away. The storm was over as soon as they got rid of Jonah. And it reminds us of this idea, and sometimes I'll throw this word out there just to sound smart, but propitiation. Big word, propitiation. And we find the word in Romans chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 2. And, and, but it's this idea that, that God's wrath is going to be taken out on sin. It will be taken out on sin. It's going to happen. But as soon as we put our faith and our actions that really back up our faith, as soon as we put our faith in God's way of salvation, turning to Christ, his wrath is turned away. Just as quickly as when these guys threw Jonah overboard, God's wrath was turned away. And this idea of God, with all this wrath against sin, it really isn't popular. You know, no one really likes to think about that too much. But we need to understand that, to get the full view of who God is. Yes, he's a God of holiness and a God of justice and a God who hates sin and will take his wrath out on it. But if we lose that, then we also lose what Christ really did for us and the wonder of his sacrifice, the love that he showed, the praise we should have for him because we can turn to him and God's wrath is taken out there and not on us. You see, we are to blame for our sin. Each and every person is to blame for his or her own sin. But we don't say that so that we can beat each other up with your sin. Tell me your sin so I can beat you down with it. No. 
we say that so that we can lead you to the answer. So that we can fix the problem. Yes, you're a sinner, and God is going to take his wrath out on your sin, but we can fix this problem because we have Christ who died on the cross. And so as we let our sailors sail on here, we remember these, these things that they learned. We remember that because God is a God of holiness and justice, he is a God to be worshipped and feared. Because God is a God of power and purpose, it causes us to be obedient and prayerful. Lord, keep us on the right path. But also because God is a God of salvation and mercy, it fills us with thankfulness and joy that we can turn to Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for these continual reminders of your mercy. Lord, we do confess we are sinful people. We do confess that the wrath should fall upon us. But Lord, you've made a way that we can turn to Christ and your wrath has been taken out on him on that cross that we may live forgiven as your children. Help us to be loving, to be graceful, to show that kind of mercy to the lost in this world that they may hear your truth.